Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are talking about your Cleveland Browns, and there's daily drama on Twitter that is going to continue to happen. It's going to continue to happen for the next, I don't know, foreseeable few months. At minimum, it seems like this stuff's going to go back and forth through social, and we're going to try to be deciphering that stuff. So we'll do some of that today. Believe it or not, the Browns season is not officially over, so we will be covering in this podcast the ramifications of a Week 18 game, what that Week 18 game can mean for uh, the guys playing the game and the Browns draft position all at one time. So we're going to be joined here by our usual Friday guest, John Colosimo. Uh, welcoming in John. John, how are you today, my man? Doing good. How are you doing, Jake? I'm good, man. I'm good. I think the thing that is is most prevalent that we need to discuss right off the bat is what's going on with Baker Mayfield. So Mary Kay Cabot writes a story, and I, I mean, based on things that I know, I think she's pretty sourced up. Not necessarily sourced to Baker, but sourced up to people that know Baker that have told her something and again, I, listen, I'm, I'm in on a lot of tinfoil theory stuff. I'm not in on reporters risking their job by making things up. I think she's told something. Now, her job on whether she's told something is to decipher the validity of such uh, things being told to her by people close to Mayfield. That's different. But she's not making it up. She's getting it from somebody. The validity of it is what you can start to question. But you know, if you're going to say someone's making it up, I think that's so crazy and far-fetched. Like, it's just that's a way – it's a route to losing your job and no, no sane – Reporter's going to do that. So nonetheless, the report is he's unhappy with Kevin Stefanski. He's unhappy with the scheme. Would like more, uh, I don't know, whatever scheme. I don't know what Mayfield's scheme of choice is here. He's done RPO stuff. He's done bulk of uh, shotgun stuff. He's done he's done the uh, uh, air raid stuff uh, a little bit in his time in the NFL. He's done the under center uh, Kubiak Shanahan stuff. Now, I don't know what he wants, man. I, that's a mystery. But that was a big part of the rift. And then there's some trickling in there that there could be a, a desire to part ways. Now, Mayfield has since come out because he's the most online quarterback I think I've ever seen and has said, you know, this is clickbait garbage, blah, blah, blah. Brandon Whedon's chiming in. It's a whole return to Cleveland Browns circa 2020, uh, before 2020. And this is the foreseeable future here, John, because this is either going to end up in, uh, it's, it could go one of two ways. They can reconcile this whole thing in the lead up to the reconciliation will be a lot of what we're seeing where we're going to see a lot of people saying things, writing things, and maybe people refuting them, whatever, or it can lead up to a divorce, which I still think it leads leans in my opinion toward a divorce. We'll see. I just want your reaction to what's going on, how Mayfield should be handling this. And cause I know you're a staunch Mayfield guy. You've always been, and that's okay. You know, I think, I think, I think you and I have crisscrossed on some things and then, you know, you've, you've kind of gone, in the direction of pointing me towards things I should be seeing with him in a positive manner. But I'm curious where you're at with him as the season comes to an end here. Well, um, so I would say that up until his last bit, um, I definitely was of the mind that uh, these injuries have affected a lot of things. And if there's a certain part of me, or at least I've approached the season uh, from about week two on, uh, there's a certain part of me that kind of enjoyed the fact that uh, we're pretty much 90% forced into bringing Mayfield back uh, so that we can make sure that we don't make any decisions uh, based on injuries or the way the season turned out. Now, the way the last couple of weeks have turned out um, and factoring in 
the rest of the season. Um, I think that it's pretty hard to get around the fact that mentally, which is where really Mayfield had to make his bones for the next step. Um, he just wasn't there, you know? So like you can, you can put whatever you want on the injuries. You can put whatever you want on uh, drama in the organization, all that kind of stuff. But I think that uh, the bottom line is we're sitting here with a full season, you know, of what we're used to 16 games. Um, we got a full season of evidence that says Baker went nowhere mentally uh, with regards to these types of things. You know, he may have been limited with injuries, but uh, I've seen quarterbacks with half as much art, arm talent make things work. You know, I guess the guy that always comes to mind for me is like uh, the Jets guy. What was his name? Um, Chad Pennington. Uh, Pennington. Pennington is exactly who I'm thinking about. Guy had zero, zero arm talent. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess I, I could be overstating that, but I mean, well below average arm talent. And that guy set, you know, the completion percentage record. And this was not in the, you know, in the what I would call the current area era of the NFL rules. You know, this was back in, I wouldn't say like the rough and tumble area of the rules, but uh, in terms of what you could do to receivers and things like that and quarterbacks. Uh, but this guy lived in an era that it was still very tough on quarterbacks. And he set uh, what like a record with a 70% completion percentage for the season this is a guy probably that I've seen uh, the most successful with the least amount of arm talent in my lifetime. I don't know how you feel about that, Jake, but that's how I yeah. see Pennington in my area. So in my opinion, like if you're, if you're a Baker guy and you want to see the positives on, on this season, the fact that he had his injuries and, um, and was seemingly totally incapable of using any kind of mental advantage. Uh, and that comes from knowing your offense, understanding when you're looking, you know your play that you have called, you see the defense that is before you uh, and processing what happens after the snap, all those types of things, all the mental parts of being a quarterback. I would say Baker Mayfield has failed pretty miserably in those things. And, you know, so being a staunch Baker supporter, sure, I've been. But uh, even taking away the things that these injuries have caused, to me it exposes this, you know, problem area, which anybody that was, like, projecting a, you know, a, a quarterback that was going to be in the top five or a Drew Brees-like career uh, – you count on being, you know, having a quarterback with a PhD in football, you know, and that requires understanding your offense, how it's attacking these defenses, how, uh, what defenses look like as you come up to the line, um, how and where you're supposed to be looking when you have a hot read, those types of things. And those are all the areas where Baker Mayfield has failed miserably this year and that have nothing really to do with his injuries. 
So to me, uh, I think that while I do think that these injuries have had a huge effect on this season, they've had the secondary effect of exposing, I think, uh, long-term issues mentally with his ceiling, which, you know, we, we know physically he's, he can do pretty much what he wants. I mean, not like in the sense of an Aaron Rodgers or a, uh, Connor Murray or, or those types of things, but he has the arm talent to do whatever he wants if he's a PhD in football. And I think that more than anything, unfortunately, what this, what this season has shown me is that uh, that that doesn't seem to be in the cards. Like he doesn't seem to be um, either able or willing to make that next step mentally. And I thought that's where he was going to be coming into last season or coming into this season from last season. Uh, but it seems like, like in, in many times in 2019, where you would watch this guy and say, man, it looks like he has no idea what he's looking at after the snap. Um, it looks like they were able to scheme for that in 2020. And he, again, in 2021, looks like a village idiot when it comes to understanding um, how his offense is working, what those routes are supposed to be doing. You know, there's a there's a difference between knowing, um, you know, what a play is supposed to look like on paper and being able to troubleshoot. You know, like, I mean, that goes to a ton of real life things. You know what I mean? Like somebody can teach you, hey, if this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. Um, but if you are uninterested in the why and totally understanding that, you'll never understand how to make your own um, adjustments on the fly. You know, if you don't understand the why of what you're doing, how it relates to your offense, your defense, if you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, why certain receivers have certain routes, and then what to do if post-snap a defense, say, rotates from uh, what you thought was a cover two to a cover three. Like, if you don't understand what to do with that, you know, um, then all you did was, like, memorize some answers to a test, you know, a test that you had coming up. And the, the second that anybody throws any kind of a wrench into your into those plans, you don't you don't know how to adjust. And why don't you know how to adjust? Because you never ask the why. If you never understood the why to those memorization answers that you learned, then you don't understand how to adjust. And like that's what the NFL is all about. It's all about adjustments. Uh, you know, other teams in your division, other teams in your conference, uh, any kind of arrival is going to adjust. Anybody on your schedule is going to adjust every single year, you know, and if you're not in that, if this, then that kind of engagement, you know, mentally with how the game works year to year, then you're just going to constantly get that blindside, you know, uh, right hook that you somehow don't see coming when you should have, <laughs> you know? So I, I don't know like the best way to describe it, but what I'm saying is, you know, I've seen a whole season of this. I understand the injuries. I've been a Baker guy since the beginning. That's the guy I wanted to draft, number one. Um, but I, I'm going to say that 
this guy doesn't seem to want to know the why. And if you don't want to know the why, you'll never, you know, you'll never be able to work out the flow chart in your head as to what you do when things don't work out the way you think they should. And um, I think that we see that all the damn time. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't mean to go on a rant about that. And I don't know if all that made sense uh, to the people that are going to be listening to this, but that's how I'm seeing this in my head is that, you know, I saw a lot this season that um, makes me question the long-term part of Baker Mayfield. And yeah. I don't really think there's a lot of going back from that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's it, it, it's one thing to be concerned about the, the the shoulder and the mechanics and some of the stuff that comes from inaccurate, but it's another thing to see him struggling to hit people that are in front of his face and what the mental stuff is going on. I think if there was a lack of mental issues, I don't think any of us would feel the way we feel. I really don't. You know, people have made the claim, well, if he would have just gotten the surgery week three, we'd all be going into next season honky-dory and just presuming he'd be the starting quarterback. While there is truth to that, it's like at the same time, you got to look at this thing and say, well, they did. He wanted to play, he played, and he did put these things on tape, and we cannot take that off tape. It is there. The mental stuff, which is the big concern for everybody, is the obvious stuff that's giving everybody a fit. And and, and, and it's not just the physical stuff that went wrong for him. It's the mental stuff that went wrong for him that starts to give you cause for concern. The closest comparison that we have for this situation is Mitch Trubisky, unfortunately. 2019, Trubisky tears. He tears the labrum in his left shoulder. He misses a game. They have a bye week. He comes back week seven, shoulder harness. Okay, You can argue it was a partially torn or fully torn. It doesn't matter. If you talk to anybody who's either partially or fully torn, it, it truly doesn't matter. I mean, you're wearing the shoulder harness. It's restricting a lot of the things you're doing. That season, Trubisky goes 326 of 516. 63-2 completion percentage, 3,152 yards, a 63.6 pass grade. This year, Mayfield uh, playing same actually yeah same amount of games because he's missing week 18. 253 of 418, 3,010 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and a lower 62.4 pass grade. So you know you can argue. I mean, Mayfield's had better years prior to this season, obviously that that are, that are better than anything Trubisky's done, and kind of getting into the point where you're arguing. You know, okay, congrats to Trubisky. He can kind of maintain about who he is. You know what I'm saying? Even though he's mm-hmm. injured, maybe Mayfield can't maintain that. But what you're looking at here is, you know, 
if something happens to him and he's not 100% physically because, you know, like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, some of these guys who have dealt with stuff, you're never truly going to be 100% all the time. Not with the the reckless nature of which Baker plays, you know. He's not he's just not going to be healthy all the time. If he can't handle that stuff and it's going to be a huge detriment to his to his uh you know, the physical side is going to mess with his mental side that much, then you can see why it'd be a huge cause for concern. You know what I'm saying? So that stuff's not just going to go away. That's what makes a lot of people nervous. And I understand that people are, you know, maybe you're listening to this podcast. It's like, Jake's talk, talk about something else. We can't talk about anything else right now for the foreseeable future. The biggest thing around the Browns franchise is the quarterback and the quarterback is his, his future's hanging in the balance. So I want to give people like John and others that I have on, a platform to get their opinion out because that's ultimately what we're trying to do is understand the opinions of smart folks about the quarterback and the stuff going on. So I'm going to write about it. I have a big article coming tomorrow. That's kind of looking at where it went wrong physically and mentally and all that stuff. So, you know, we'll get there. We'll talk about it. Uh, the dynamic between him and Kevin, who knows what that really looks like, but it's, it's obviously not the way it was. If you go back and read the quotes from before the season to the quotes at the end of the season, ain't in the same ballpark, man. So, you know, we're going to talk about it. It's unfortunate, but we're going to talk about it. John got a good portion out of his uh, thought there. I will say, I'll ask you this. You know, with Mayfield, it's like, you know, I don't. He rubs some people the wrong way, and some people in Cleveland like that. Some people around the broader NFL scope just kind of make fun of it. You know, today he's tweeting about uh, tweeting at Mary. I mean, where are you at on all this stuff? It doesn't seem like he can yeah. help himself. Like. does it ever get to the point where he just can ignore it he can just not respond to things put out there and let his play speak for him do you think he ever gets there or is this just going to be who he is forever i think that's who he is honestly jake because uh there was a portion of a good maybe the whole of 2020 where he was able to ignore those types of things and he thought maybe uh he was maturing and uh changing his leaf but like this thing today where he's directly addressing a a thing from mary Kay, you know which i'm sure has at least a portion of truth to it you know um i think everybody has to understand that you know as much of a shit pot stir as mary Kay is um she does have some sources for what she's putting out there so and oftentimes, at least a portion of it, is pretty on point. And, yeah, it's a bad sign, I think, that Baker is directly responding to these right here. Uh, we're talking about trade requests and things like that. Uh, no, I think that uh, you should pay attention to that as a sign that Baker wasn't further along in his maturation than people thought. Uh, although I will say, like, I think it's an extension, you know, like we heard I think that there's been hints of disconnect between how much this injury was affecting Baker or not, or at least how much he perceived the injuries were affecting him or not between the coaching staff. And that's gone a few ways uh, across the season. I think there's been four probably reports, something like that, three, four reports where there's questionable answers about where baker mayfield is how healthy he is whether he should be in and those types of things so i think there's a ton of real things with regards to a disconnect between the staff and baker as to how much these injuries have affected him obviously there's a lot of money on the line so you have to take that with a grain of salt but yeah i mean uh and this is just 
this isn't even the off season yet, Jake. You know, so if we're starting here, don't expect him. Like, wait till he's got you know a few painkillers in the system after a surgery, and somebody <laughs> posts some kind of a story about him. I don't know, you know, but it's a long off season, and uh, it hasn't even really begun, and you've already seen the start of it. And as Bronze fans, you know, we kind of have some experience in this you know, in this ring. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Too much. Too much experience. That's the unfortunate part. Let's shift off Baker. Um, Good stuff from you. I wanted you to get your point out on a lot of that. Let's look at uh, the draft stuff here because that's all that's in balance. I just want to talk about this weekend, the pick, whether the game matters to you, what you're looking at. So the range of outcomes for the Browns and picks is if they win uh, this game against Cincinnati, um, sorry, if the, if, if the Bengals beat Cleveland, so Cleveland would have a pretty much a, a, a situation where, let me slow down and make sure I'm saying this right. If Cleveland wins, they can get no higher than the 13th pick. Okay, They're probably going to get 14, 55% chance to get the 14th pick, but probably you know, 13 to 15 range. Okay, 55 for 14, 26% for 13 and then 15 would be 18%. If they lose this game to Cincinnati, they are eliminated from picks 14 and 15. They could get as high as 9 and as low as 13. So your pick 9 is 2.2. Your pick 10 is 16.6%. Pick 11 is your most likely outcome at 38.8%. And then pick uh, 12 is 33.3%. Pick 13, 9.2%. So you're probably in that eight to uh, that 10 to 12 range. Where are you at on this weekend? Should we care about this game? Does it matter this this huge Week 18 Browns Bengals game, which we hoped it was going to be? Uh, do do you have any desire to see them win? Because some people would be like, "Do it for the culture," and you carry that over. Uh, and then I'm like, "Hey man, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I I don't go into the game rooting actively for them to lose, but I don't really care because I want, you know, if the if the difference between pick 11 and pick 15 is your ideal wide receiver, I, I mean that matters. You know, that matters. So. To me, I'm always okay with a higher pick if my team's already eliminated from the playoffs anyway. But I'm open to hearing another opinion on it if you have one, John. No, I I don't feel differently. At this point, once you're eliminated from the playoffs, um, any pick lower than what you can get is uh, generally um, it's not good. So the what I would say on that is. It's not like I'm actively rooting for them to lose, but clearly they're in a worse position if they win than if they lose. Um, You don't have to, in terms of like team jiving, team, you know, chemistry, locker room, health, those types of things. uh, As long as the locker room and the coaches and everybody involved is trying to win, which I expect. That's all I, you know, and as a fan, I can go ahead and say I would prefer they lose. That's okay to say, as long as you also believe that your organization should be trying to win. They should absolutely be doing everything they can to be winning outside of putting 
uh, semi-injured players in danger of injuring themselves worse, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. what makes sense. Are so, they giving Are they giving Case the start? Is this like a Stefanski nod to Case to give him one more start? Is there or is this like a sign like we have no interest in Nick Mullins whatsoever? That's what it tells me. If like if they're like okay, Nick Mullins, maybe we could do something with him. They give I him think the they're honestly. I think they're honestly they're just uh, putting Case out there so that they can say to all their veterans that we did the best we could. I could I could agree with that. I could agree with that. They're gonna play seems like they're gonna play a decent number of guys. Any young guys in this game you're gonna be paying close attention to? Uh, you know, to to me it's I wanna see a little more from Richard LeCount if he gets a chance to play. I'm trying to decipher if he's a single high guy they can trust or they need to draft somebody or you know, Nick Harris too continues to be a spot with JC Treader where they can create some cap space and I thought Nick played well in Green Bay. So I'll be interested to see if he plays. Will anyone else stand out to you? No, you already mentioned that the two major names are LeCount and Harris to me because the count to me from the start of the season has been our best center fielder um, talent wise and Harris we've been wondering what you can do so to me like you've already named the two ones that really make the most sense to pay attention to well John I think we've covered everything man uh, unfortunately the only thing making news right now is is the quarterback in uh, all the buzz around him and his tweets and that's what we'll continue to talk about until we have something else we'll break down the game this weekend we'll talk about what happened who played well who didn't and then we're launching into offseason mode which will have a bunch of player profiles and we'll get with John every Friday to talk through whoever's up on the docket that day and uh, do some different things with him so um, John listen man this has been a fun concept all year I really think it's been really neat to go around the AFC North and then talk about bigger picture NFL stuff Gonna hope to continue to do this throughout, you know, uh, throughout the upcoming season and all of that, and, and and try to make this a running thing. If you're in, brother, I'm in. I'm in. Let's talk about the NFL. Like the beauty of our particular segment is that we just get to talk about the news that comes to us. So, um, worst case, we can be talking about some specific prospects. We can be talking about the NFL as a whole, who guarantees will find a way to drum up drama for us to talk about so uh i'm in for as long as you're in uh so i'll see you guys uh, every friday as long as jake let, as long as jake lets me it's an open invitation thanks again brother thanks okay that's a wrap today guys thanks for joining us we will have one more episode which will be a little bit more interview style coming up on Saturday. I think Doug Marie will join me. We're just going to chat through some of the things that have happened recently. And a little warning, you're probably going to have to have some discussion on the quarterback. So if you're tired of Baker Mayfield banter, then you're probably in the wrong podcast. And any Browns podcast that isn't doing it is probably ignoring the biggest elephant in the room right now. But the problem is that elephant is going to be lingering until they make a decision. So we'll talk about it. But I promise... We will get to other things after week 18. We'll get to draft prospects. We'll do our draft shows. We'll do player spotlights throughout the offseason. We'll do, you know, we'll pick a player. We'll go through everything about their season so you can figure out things about how guys played this year and we're not sitting here focusing on the news that does come to us. So appreciate you guys joining. Appreciate you guys, uh, you know, the continued support. I put out a tweet today that I am going to try to bring on some different voices this offseason. So, um, you know, if those voices are, or if there's a voice out there that you want to hear, maybe another podcast on the Browns you listen to, 
um, uh, you know, I'm all ears. I'm, I'm more than willing to bring that person on if, if I get a strong recommendation. So shoot those over my direction. Another open invitation again, and I've gotten some good ideas so far, but if you have a specific concept for the off season, you would like me to focus on whether it's a scheme, uh, something on the field coverage, whatever we could do that. If you want to talk about pl- me to talk about players, prospects, something, any idea more than willing to hear it out. Just tell me and we'll, we'll try to include it in the off season. I, I want to make this as interactive as possible. Thanks for joining again on this Friday. Have a great Friday and launch into your weekend. One more podcast before uh, Sunday, which will be with Doug, and then we'll do our Sunday morning pregame show as usual with Brad Ward. We'll catch you then. Thanks for joining today and go Browns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.